Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast. Share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together. Hey, Genius Leaders, welcome to the show and Happy New Year. Now that I'm recording it, it's 28th of December, but outside here in Iceland, people are already going nuts with the fireworks. So if you hear any in the background, that's how it is. But uh, are you here this conversation already on the other side of the 12 o'clock uh, midnight that we all might be looking forward to or maybe dreading? So I want to talk a bit about the start of the year and the goals we're setting and the vision we're holding for ourselves and explain why I chose the topic that I chose as the first one for this year, which might be a bit of a weird one, thinking that it's the beginning of the year, everyone has so much energy and everyone is looking forward to getting on, fixing things and so on and so forth. So I don't know how your tradition is or your habits with goal setting is, but a lot of people are having a trend of reviewing their year and setting some goals for the coming year. I did that just today and tomorrow. I'm doing hours and hours of uh, sessions with mastermind buddies of mine, with a friend of mine, and then a broader community of one of the coaches that I'm following. So it's three events between one and a half and three and a half hours each that are about vision board uh, creation, vision casting, setting goals, reflecting on the year that has been. And I find that a healthy practice, but only so much so. So what I mean by that is it's only healthy if you do it in a way that suits you and in a way that actually becomes a way or a step towards sustainable life, sustainable design of, of how you live your life and sustainable leadership. And for me, that process is changing. It's evolving. I'm learning something new about myself. I'm also adjusting to the life situation that is changing now and then. And sometimes it has been stressful (laughs) to do the work in the end of the year and see how the year has been in, uh, in comparison to what I've expected it to be. But mostly, and especially in the recent years, it has been a very blissful moment to go back, look at the past 12 months, and also sit down and think about the next 12. So what I'm saying this is that I want you to find your way, to be curious, to really look for your way of doing this work, but also to emphasize that 12 months is a very long period of time. and. It's difficult for our brains to think in those terms and stay consistent on that length of the of time. That's why it's important to break it down. But also, it's important to connect what you're thinking for the next 12 months to the bigger vision of yours, to the bigger goals of yours, the mission that you have for yourself, for your life on this planet. So 
I hope that you have this red thread in your tradition of setting goals and intentions for the year of connecting all the levels of your goals from the long-term vision to short-term vision to the actionable steps that you can do in the next quarter, in the next month, a week, whatever is the, the smaller period of time that you're looking at. In fact, this is one of the success factors for those few people who actually fulfill their New Year resolutions and goals, which are only 8% according to some studies. I'll put the link in the notes to the article on Inc.com about that. So only 8% of those who set New Year resolutions reach those resolutions and bring them to life. 92% fail to do so. And one of the success factors of those 8% is the alignment between the long-term goals and the short-term ones. So I hope that you take it with you. Other success factors that I actually want to mention in this conversation are using specific and challenging yet not too hard goals. So specific, that it's good to already when you're thinking about the goals, think through how can you actually achieve them. So the example that is given in the Inc. article is, if you say, I want to lose X amount of kilos, throughout the next 12 months. That becomes quite a big goal in a way that 12 months is a long period of time and you can just keep postponing those X amount of kilos. But if you specify that in this month I want to implement this part of the strategy, for example, make particular changes in your diet to aim to lose part of that X amount of kilos that you want to lose in a year then it becomes easier for your brain to follow through on that. And it has to be challenging. That is also surprisingly the part of the success of the goals that we can set. They need to feel a bit uncomfortable in the stomach, but not like this huge stone rock in the stomach. So finding the balance there might be tricky in the beginning, but then you learn it with with time. What is very important, and that I see so much in my client work, to have frequent feedback loop to stay on track with your goals and also to get back on track when you slip off. Because we're humans, life happens to all of us, we fall off the course. And the trick is not about never doing that. Instead, it's about having the strategies, tools, and techniques to actually get back on the horse as soon as possible without causing too much extra stress and without beating yourself up too much on the way. And what do I mean by the frequent feedback loop? It means looking back at your starting point, looking at your progress, looking at the whole goal often enough, really reflecting on what are you doing, how are you doing, is it still aligned, is it still feels good, is it still feels, does it still feel adequate to work on that goal because life changes we might see something completely new in our life that makes it irrelevant what we have been thinking about in end of december beginning of january so having this frequent feedback loop or continuous reflection process is very important as well to stay adequate with our goals and actually keep implementing the steps to reach those and lastly the success factor that helps those 8% to fulfill their new year, new year resolutions is seeking support. Having those chosen people who are further down the road of where you want to get and having their continuous support. 
whether it is some people in your professional field who have done the journey that you want to do and uh, who can mentor you or, or be an advisor, or it could be a coach, it can be uh, some mastermind group where there are people with a similar experience of yours, or you go for cross-pollination of ideas and experiences and you actually have a mastermind group or network where people uh, have very different experiences from yours, but you can actually learn from those. So this is another thing to consider when we are setting ourselves up for success with our goals, whatever the timeline is. So the topic that we will have on the show for January is burnouts or going from burnouts to burning out to reigniting yourself. And I chose this topic for the beginning of the year because I see so many people having this extra vibe, extra energy and trying to get things going with their goals. Yet there are those different national and international days on the New Year resolution dropout. I think that is somewhere early in February. There is also the Mon- uh, the Blue Monday or Monday Blues or something like this in in beginning in uh, mid January when people already start feeling that they are off track. And the thing is that when you put so much pressure on yourself and you want to implement so many things at once. It's just not sustainable. And that is very connected to the career path that I'm seeing among my clients and among my friends in the broader community. When people get very enthusiastic about their career path, about their first job, and because of this enthusiasm, they are so successful and they start burning out very quickly. But since it's happening gradually, it becomes like boiling that frog when the frog is sitting in the pot and you gradually raise the temperature. You don't realize that the frog or the frog doesn't realize that it's being boiled and it dies. Now, there are some neighbors who are shooting the fireworks. I really hope that it doesn't really bother you. And But if the frog tries to jump into the water that is boiling hot from outside, it realizes how hot the, the temperature is or the water is and it jumps out. And what I see with a lot of amazing professionals and especially leaders in the workplaces nowadays is that boiling the frog phenomenon. People are so eager to do their work. People see their purpose in what they're doing maybe or they're just really enjoying the success of getting things done, being promoted, having the company that is growing and so on and so forth but they are burning themselves. And they realize it way too late. I unfortunately work with clients who say things like, I have become the observer of this life. And what I want to do is to be the participant again. Or people who say, I don't even have a goal of being happy anymore. I would like to be at least content with my life. And mind you, those are the people who are successful from outside. They're seen as successful entrepreneurs, leaders in their organizations. They're hitting all the goals that they're setting for themselves. They have it all with uh, houses, families, cars, whatever. They go to interesting places for, for vacation and those kind of things. But inside, they have those thoughts. They think that they can't even imagine being happy anymore. They have burned themselves out so much that they, they don't define themselves as the person who is capable of having any emotions 
or a person who is capable of being happy. And this is tragic. And this tragic phenomenon or trend I am seeing more and more in the workplaces. And that's why I want to bring the parallel of the New Year resolutions or goals with our career progressions and our lives in general. It's good to have the energy in the beginning. <laughs> it's good to feel excited. But we need to build in sustainability into this whole conversation. We need to align all different levels of our goals. And we need to regain the power. We need to learn to believe again that we actually can change something in our lives that will help us be happy again, that will help us feel fulfilled, that will help us feel true to ourselves and feel like our work is actually contributing to us as the humans and helping us to bring that impact in the world that we actually want to see as a legacy that we build. So what am I talking about when I talk about burnout? One of the pioneer researchers on the subject of burnout, uh, Christina Maslach, uh, she was study, uh, working at the University of California at Berkeley, defines the burnout as a syndrome of emotional exhaustion and cynicism that frequently occurs among people who do people work, quote-unquote. So those people who spend considerable time in close encounters with the others. So managers and leaders are those people who actually do people work. This is something that is very prominent for a lot of leaders. And if we talk about emotional exhaustion and cynicism, I see that a lot in the conversations that I have with the leaders in my network and at the beginning of our journey with my clients. Cynicism can be shown as the black humor. Sometimes the, this emotional exhaustion comes in the signs of anger. Uh, I had a client who said in the beginning of our work together that um, he often is annoyed at the other drivers on the roads and just wants to crash into the cars of those people who drive too slowly, too slowly to him is according to the speed limits or was then. He wants to crash into their cars, go out and beat them up. And this shows that the person is not okay. And just after a couple of months of work together, he learned to navigate that so much better through meditation, through our conversations together, through the reflection he's been doing. He got back to the memories of him not being this way. And that's again another example of the boiling frog. He was gradually getting exhausted from his work as a owner of the business, that those changes happened small step by small step. And to him, it became part of his identity until we dragged him out of that and showed him that he actually is a very kind guy who cares about people around, them, uh, around him, who respects others and so on. And in just a matter of a couple of months, we managed to turn him to start realizing those things directly. And he told me on a couple of occasions that he said, today I thought people were idiots on the roads. So I drove to the next parking spot and sat down and meditated. That's how little it takes to actually get out of those states that are irritating you, that are harming your relationships, that are harming your productivity at work, relationship or the, the results of your business and so on and so forth. So if you ever feel any of those characteristics, like chronic fatigue, like anger, like extra self-criticism, 
like cynicism, negativity, irritability, a sense of being trapped in a corner, think about it, that you might be experiencing some stage of a burnout. And it might be time to look inwards, to pause, to seek help, to actually find your way to get out of that state, to not be that boiled frog. I see that a lot with the leaders that uh, I work with, that they're in a very lonely position. They're usually the ones that everyone looks at to get the answers. They're supposed to be the ones who know all the answers. And yes, we have been talking about vulnerability for years now, but it is still not the norm to say, I don't know for the leaders. And just last month when I was in Helsinki for an entrepreneurship conference, I was talking about vulnerability with some of the startup founders. And I said, all of my clients say once they have tried it, they have felt like the strongest person in the room, not the weak one. And the people around the table said to me, I disagree. I feel like the idiot in the room because I'm being pointed at, I'm being questioned as a leader, especially if I talk with the investors. They start questioning whether I'm the right founder to invest in because of me saying I'm not sure or let me check. So this is still not the norm, unfortunately, even though the science shows, the research shows that vulnerability is a very powerful characteristic that we need to nurture, especially as leaders. So leaders don't have that space to be vulnerable. And especially now in the last almost two years of COVID, we had to stay at home. So the A-types, the high performers who have been thriving in the climate of uncertainty of high pressure and so on, Of course, they had uncertainty with the COVID situation. Of course, they had the high pressure, but they couldn't see the results of their work because we were all sitting at home. And this inability of seeing what you have achieved with your hard work has been putting extra pressure on the leaders. And again, they don't have anywhere to go to and talk about that. And there is no space for them. There are usually no roles within the organizations where Uh, that can support leaders uh, with their struggles. Of course, you have a board of directors, for example, but those are the people who who have hired you. You report to them. So whatever you share with them, they evaluate you. They might be supportive. They might want to build a relationship with you, but they are still checking on you to see whether you are still relevant for this job, whether you can still manage it. The same if you, for example, take the chief HR officer or some kind of role like that within the organization. Those people still the ones who report to you, so you can't come to them and share everything. Unfortunately, that's still how it is in many organizations and in many cultures. And this is the struggle that I see affecting the mental health and the productivity of many leaders and consequently organizations that they lead. And that's why I want to discuss these things with you in the coming month. I want the self-care to become a necessity. I want to make the shift in your mind and in the mind of many other leaders that it is okay to take care of yourself, not only when you are unbalanced, when you are thrown off the horse and you need to regain that balance, but also in between the crisis. This is something that one of my clients said, and, and I see that that resonates with a lot of other people. He said that self-care is okay when I need to get back my confidence or I need to get back my balance. But as a lifestyle, it's selfish. 
So let's work on redefining self-care as a necessity, not a luxury lifestyle thingy. Because that is what will ultimately lead your company to success and ultimately create the sustainability in your leadership and in your life. So to wrap up, let me present you the four guests that we will be having on this show for the coming month. First, I'll be talking to Dawn Reby from the US. With her, we're talking about firefighting mode. And in her case, she works with the firefighters, literally. I say that I usually help leaders get out of the firefighting mode, and she helps firefighters to actually be better, more sustainable leaders. And not only firefighters, she works with the analysts in the uh, law enforcement in the US, police people, legacy ma- uh, makers. Now I might be messing up the terms. And uh, as one of the podcasters I'm listening to says, I'm not stupid, I'm just not a native speaker. So people who, who are trained to be in the crisis situations and Dawn is helping them to find their sustainability in those roles and actually live the life as they want to live their life and not be the desensitized beings who just go to their work as machines and fulfill their duties and nothing else. Next, I'll talk to Daniel Fernstrand from Sweden. With him, we talk about depression and burnout and how that is a game of no pain, no gain. Daniel has gone through depressions and uh, several times in his life and lived with anxiety for over a decade. And he's talking about leading a business, building a business, uh, serving clients while having this anxiety as the day-to-day normal state. We're talking about getting out of that state and also helping others around ourselves get out of that state or get through it in a healthy way uh, if we see that someone around us is experiencing that. Next, I'm talking to Davida Ginter from Israel. We, with her, we're discussing the burning out on, as a systemic issue and how companies can build strategies to prevent burnouts among their employees, including leaders. Lastly, you'll hear my conversation with Suresh Tevnani from Egypt. It's quite an international theme this time. And uh, Suresh and I are discussing one of his books, Miserable Millionaire, and his life as that, how he came from being a miserable millionaire to being the happy doctor. You will hear his story of having it all from the very start because of his background and family to being unhappy and suicidal to getting the wisdom words from his son and to going and exploring himself based on that and finding himself, his learnings from that, his ways of doing it, and also the the growth pains that he has been experiencing from finding himself and exploring the world through the lens of a whole person instead of this miserable suicidal person who has all the money in the world but doesn't have himself. So I hope you'll take these conversations to build sustainability. I think it's very, very important that you think about it in the beginning of the year, that you think about the challenges that might come and you build the resilience and you practice now while you still have that energy. You practice 
to go through those things. You build the muscle strength that you'll need when you're getting to the tougher moments of the year, of your career, of the life in general. I hope you take these conversations, as I said, and and really implement the things that we are talking about, be it self-care to prevent your own burnout, be it working with the insights that my guests are sharing, be it the, the practical piece of advice that you can take as a leader and implement in your organization to improve the mental health situation of your employees that will inevitably positively affect the results of your company. So take what resonates with you. Take what you feel is something that you might need soon and start working with it now while you still have the energy, while you still have the excitement of having a new year, starting afresh, build in sustainability into that excitement. So enjoy the coming conversations and let us know. Connect with my guests, connect with me on LinkedIn and let us know what you're taking from those conversations, what your challenges are. Maybe share what you have already implemented to prevent the burnouts or if you have a, had the experience of uh, going through the burnouts, let us know how those experiences have been for you, what the learnings have been. Let's engage in those conversations. Let's normalize them because we all have relation to these issues, whether we're going through that ourselves or we see someone else experiencing that and going through that in our near environment. Let's stay strong. Let's build the resilience that we need to keep going through this life and let's do it together. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you being part of this community and talk to you next Wednesday. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything 